Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast, a podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. Good morning. Good morning. Can all the mothers stand right now? Let's just give them honor right now. You deserve it. Come on. I deserve it. Come on. Give me a hand. You're awesome. You're doing a great job. I promise. You know, I'm very, I'm extremely honored, uh, scared, frightened, a little nauseated to be standing right here today. But, you know, my normal is behind that keyboard, but I feel like God has given me a word and I tr- I'm truly excited to be with you today. So bear with me. I'm shaking. Can you tell I'm shaking? But we'll get through it. <laughs> Thank you. I've got my team here. My family, I'm sure you noticed it, but Amaya, they surprised me at 1 a.m. this morning. And Maya's walking through our front door this morning, and I had no idea she was coming in. And uh, you'll learn, you new parents, that uh, everything you're giving to them, they will one day give back to you. (laughs) I'm going to get all teary-eyed. But they are such a blessing to you. God is giving, giving me a new doorway and, uh, they have walked every step with me and they have been my biggest cheerleaders and that is such a blessing. So I honor them today. Thank you all for being here. I love you. Um, I have three goals today. My three goals is one that I hope every mother leaves here today encouraged and empowered. Two, my second goal is that every child, every teenager, every young adult, you leave here with a new perspective, a new understanding, and a new appreciation for your mama. And three, I pray that every Christ living, Christ walking, Christ talking individual finds a renewed desire to go outside these four walls and spread the life-giving good news that only God can give. Amen? So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I'm going to start in verse 14. I'll give you just a few seconds. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation version. And it says, Christ's love controls us. Some translations say it compels us. But since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought Christ merely from a human point of view, but how differently we know him now. This means that anyone, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, 
reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. I don't know about you, but I believe that is some good news that we can celebrate this morning. He came to pursue us, to save us, to rescue us, and he did whatever it took to get us to where he wants us to be. Isn't that worth celebrating? Can you put your hands together and say, thank you, God, for never giving up on me. You know, as a mother, I have found that there's a profound parallel to these scriptures and my purpose as a mother. You see, on January 20th, 1998, at 6 p.m., my life changed forever. My old life was gone and I was a new person. I was smack dab in the middle of motherhood. I no longer lived for myself. My sole purpose was to be everything and do everything it took to lead that nine pound, two ounce little bundle of life to her destiny, to lead her to her purpose. And I would walk through everything to get her to where she needed to be. You see, life, it happens, it happens in phases. The earth has phases, you know, we have spring, summer, fall, winter. The moon has eight phases. Life happens in phases and you can see it clearly displayed here. All the phases we go through with our babies, they're so dependent on us and we teach them and we raise them to, go, to read, to walk, to talk. And it gets real sticky when they start talking because then they start back talking you. And then they're rolling the eyes and they think they know everything. And then you want to go back to this stage and say, God, it's a lot easier when I could just change their diapers and stick a bottle in their mouths. Amen. Can I get some amens, mamas? I'm not the only one, I know. But then we get into this independence phase and they're wanting cars and they're wrecking cars, and they're wrecking cars, and they're wrecking cars. <laughs> Anybody feel me? I think that's three, right? Was that three? Okay. There might be one more or two in there. I will just say there. And then it's the stage. And I know some mamas are fixing to go through this in a few weeks. Marilyn, my heart goes out to you, baby. I know. I do. I feel you where everything that you've done this whole time, hopefully they take something back. But what is a phase? And we're not even going to that stage. Uh, you know, we'll just, it's there. It's there. So all we're gonna say about that, we're going there. Okay, whoo! <laughs> but, <laughs> but what is a phase? You see a phase? It's a stage in a process of change or development. Say it again. A phase is a stage in a process of change or development. You see, on our path to becoming who God 
has called us to be, there are different phases that you're gonna have to go through. Mom, you're gonna guide your child through all these phases. And I'm not talking about these phases. The phases I'm talking about is what you're going to walk through with your child to find their purpose in their life. Your greatest purpose, mom, your greatest purpose is to help them find their purpose. That is our greatest calling as a mom. So say it with me, it's just a phase. Say it louder, y'all gonna have to talk to me. It's just a phase. I remember taking my children to their well baby doctor appointments and the word development was mentioned a lot. You know, the growth charts, the head circumference, the weight, the length. You know, they were looking for changes in their physical body to determine how they were developing and if it was on time. Change is good. Change must take place in order for you to develop or transform. It's necessary. <laughs> like I said, they can't stay babies forever. I remember when mine, uh, mine were babies and they were all babies at the same time. You know, having four babies in two years, I'm a woman, you know. <laughs> I can do it. But one of those things that I guess I call it a failure was when Caitlin was born, you know, they're like, you gotta put her in her bed. Don't let her sleep with you at night, you know. Train her there, get her there. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. She had to be right here in my arms so I could feel her breathe. And then 11 months later, here comes Kyla. And I couldn't put her in her bed either. <laughs> so then I had Caitlin and Kyla right here. And we slept in, a, thank God we had a king size bed. And by this time, Brian's already smushed on his side of the bed. And then, in 2000, the twins come. And Brian was like, we've gotta get them in their beds. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it, they meant too much to me. I was like, something could happen in the night. They just meant too much to me. So literally, this is what we did. I would swaddle the twins, and they laid in this arm. And then Kyla laid in this arm. <laughs> And poor Caitlin, I stuck my leg out of my covers and she would hold on to my leg with, the, with her own little blanket. But all my babies were right there and I had them. You know? <laughs> but you can't keep them there. You can't stay in that phase. You can't get stuck as Pastor Victor preached. Moms, I wanna put this statement on there. What change is, is that the next one please? Change is something that you do, but transformation is something you become. And you must have that change. You must change. Change is inevitable, but you have to change to transform into who you are going to become. Moms, you are advocates of transformation. <laughs> yes. That's huge. Pastor Victor was just talking about it. You are the advocates of transformation. And that is what Paul was talking about in the scriptures that we just read. He was talking his letters to Corinthians and he was talking about the phases of transformation. And he begins with verse 14. Ooh, I'm getting, it's already 1130. Hmm. 
<laughs> Y'all hang with me. It says, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Another translation says that God's love compels us. And it's extremely important to grasp that verse. It's like the starting point of your journey. You can't even get to for the first phase until you accept God's love. And sometimes that's hard. I can love God. I love God with everything within me. But sometimes it's hard to accept his love. I don't feel worthy to accept his love. I failed too many times to accept his love. But we can't even get to phase one until we can accept his love for us. He loves you. Do you hear me? He loves you. Even when you have no faith in him, he loves you. Even when you turn your back on him, he loves you. Someone needs to hear this today. He loves you. When you don't feel worthy of love, he loves you. He loves you. Even when you're stuck in a phase and you're bitter, even when you're all you, everything in you is just bitter and you're sad and you're going through a valley, he loves you. Look at that person beside you and tell them that with everything in you in sincerity, say, ah, God loves you and so do I. I heard this statement and it says, whatever you are full of controls you. Whatever you are full of controls you. I remember when my kids were uh, trying to convince me to let them go out with their friends and go do stuff and I knew, I was like, it's gonna be a no. But they were trying to make every excuse of how great this is gonna be and it's gonna be safe. And I would look at them and say, you're full of it. You're just full of it. But if we take this scripture and we say, if God's love controls us, then whatever we're full of controls us. I want to be full of God's love because whatever I'm full of, I'll be led by. Whatever I'm full of, I'll be controlled by. Whatever I'm full of, I will be compelled by. I don't think I really understood the depth of God's love until I became a mother. It was instantaneous. It was the most sacrificial love that I've ever experienced. I knew at that point I would give my life for someone else. Now, I love my husband. I love him a lot. But it's different. <laughs> I would, I would, I'll get him. But <laughs> he's going to get me for that one. But as Paul, you know, Paul began with God's love. But then he goes further and he begins to share the phases of transformation. Say it's just a phase. It's a stage. It's part of the process. And the first stage of transformation is encounter. It's the encounter phase. In order for you to become who God called you to be, you must first have an encounter with Jesus Christ. You have to have an encounter with your creator. 
I remember the nine months before encountering my babies. I knew all about them. I knew it. 12 weeks, they were the size of a pea. I knew they were the size of a, what is it, a plum or the size of a cantaloupe. And then you find out what they are. You're having a girl. Then you're having a girl. Then you're having a girl and a boy. Woo! I knew all about them. I even felt them. I felt them kick. I felt them just let me know that they were here. I'm here. With the twins, I felt like aliens were dysmorphing my body. (laughs) It was insane. I mean, Kaylin and Kyle would put their head on my belly and they'd be like, mama, what's happening? You know, it was scary. They were having a time in there and I felt every bit of it. But looking at verse 16 and 17 in the scripture, it says, at one time, is that six? Okay. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. See, Paul's saying, I thought of him as a teacher. I thought of him as a man right beside me. But how differently we know him now. See, something happens when you encounter Jesus Christ. See, I knew all about my babies before I met them face to face. But there's nothing like holding that baby for the first time. There's, no, there's nothing like encountering them. And that's what Paul's saying with Christ. I thought I knew him, but I didn't know him until I encountered him. We must encounter him. And I can't even imagine my life now without Caitlin, Kyla, Micah, and Amaya. Y'all like that? Caitlin, Kyla, Micah, and Amaya. That's what we did as kids. Well, when they were kids. And that's exactly what Christ has done in our lives. See, it doesn't matter how much you know about him. He may even be knocking on your door, trying to get in. He may even, you may be able to feel him when you're at church. But until you open the door and encounter him, you don't know him like I know him. Amen. Because I know Christ, I am a new creation. When I encounter Jesus, I not only change from the outside, I am transformed on the inside. Remember, change is something we do, but transformation is something we become, amen? That's something to get excited about, church. We're becoming who Christ called us to be. That's exciting. I want to encourage you today, whether your encounter took place or your first encounter took place 50 years ago, whether it took place in the last month, we have an opportunity to encounter Christ every day in new ways. His mercies are new every day. Encountering God is not something you grow out of. Listen, encountering God is not something you grow out of. It's something you lead from. And prayer brings us into that close proximity to God. We have to talk to him. We have to get to know him. I remember that children's drama that we've seen several times. Get to know him. Have y'all seen that? Y'all have done it several times, I know. Get to know him. Prayer is your avenue to get in close proximity to God. But look on the flip side of that. What happens if you're not in that proximity to God? If you don't talk to him? 
there becomes a distance between you and God. And what happens with distance? There's a distortion. You don't see through God's eyes. You lose your perspective. You see, distance creates distortion. But proximity brings perspective. We have to be in close proximity to God, to see through his eyes, to see what he's called us to do every single day of our lives. Paul is the greatest example of encountering Christ. In Acts 9, when he was with Saul, he was on his way to persecute Christians. But when he had an encounter with Jesus Christ, it changed him forever. Say it, we need an encounter. Maybe what used to be a blessing to you has become a burden. Maybe those early morning talks with God have become more of a task than a divine appointment with your father. Maybe serving others has become more of a burden than a blessing. We need an encounter. We need a new encounter. Say it's just a phase. Come on guys, y'all can do better. It's just a phase. The second phase is the established phase. To establish is to institute permanently, to make firm, stable, to introduce and cause to grow and multiply. When I was pregnant with Caitlin, it's like any new mom, I get flooded with advice, and you know, and it's all welcome, and the old wives' tales. One of those old wives' tales is why Kyla came 11 months later, but that's another story. <laughs> oh, but once someone told me, he's just like, it doesn't matter if she's a mama's baby, it doesn't matter how much time you spend with her, her first words are gonna be dada. I didn't like that. Granted, I was young, but still, I didn't like that. You know, I was pregnant for 42 weeks, two days, and 13 hours. And then I was in labor for two days and eight hours. The least she can do is say, Mama. I mean, yes, so I made it my mission. I was going to establish in her this, uh, she was going to say, Mama. I just knew it. So every day we would be at home and when she was awake and she learned to focus on me, I would just sit there. And I would just keep, and then when I got her to do that, she'd go, then I'd go, and she thought it was a game. And I'd go, mama. I was like, she's going to do it. And she did. It happened. Now, it was close. She was, she was getting them dead as good too, but she said mama first and I hold to it. She's it. <laughs> but uh, as you can see, if you've done the math, I had all four of my kids in two and a half years. And so Brian and I went from a party of two to a party of six in two years. And uh, once they got mobile and they could talk and walk and they were everywhere. It got crazy in our house. I mean, crazy. And we moved to a house that had a wood burning fireplace and I'll never forget it. One of the first things 
that Brian did was he turned on the fire, it's in the middle of the summer, and he took each one of our kids and he put their hand close to it. And he said, you feel that? And they would wanna pull away. They started feeling the warmth and the burn. And they're like, and he held it there. And because he had to establish with them, if you put your hand in the fire, it's gonna burn. And that always stood with me because he had to teach them. He had to establish that. Parents, moms, dads, we have to establish learning from right from wrong, developing what they, they will believe for the rest of our lives. It's tough. It is tough. But let me tell you this, and I'm going to go further. You know, Proverbs 22, 6 says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. You know, one of the first things when they began to get into stuff was we did the, we would cover the electrical sockets and we would put the locks on the cabinets and we would do all that. But one thing we never did was tell them why we did it. We just did it to protect them. And we were at church one night and we were preparing for a program and it was like two o'clock in the morning and Kyla was sitting beside me. We were sitting on the stage and all of a sudden the lights flickered and I heard this charge. I'm like, what in the world just happened? And I look at her and her eyes are the size of quarters and she's just froze. And she had took my keys and stuck them into the electrical socket. She got buzzed. <laughs> and it, that brought me to my, you, you can establish their beliefs, but if they don't know why, they don't know what to do or not to do or to do, if they don't know the why, then there's no belief system there. We have to establish the why. See, when they start talking, you know, first you're going, no, don't do that. No, don't touch that. But then when they start talking, they say, why? 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 And what's our phrase? Because I said so. God never does that. God never does that. Establish your foundation. Moms, dads, it's so important for you to establish the belief system in your children. Because if there's a crack, it's going to affect them. If they don't have a solid foundation in who they are and who God is, I promise you they will struggle to know what their purpose is. I believe in the last two and three years I've heard this phrase with generation. I'm just going to tell you this generation. And you've probably heard it too because it's all over social media and everything. But it's live your truth. Be you. Live your truth. And I understand what they're saying. Be authentic, you know. Be truthful. Be honest. But I want you to understand something, teenager. And I want you to pay really close attention to this. Mm. We have to understand that when you encounter Jesus, when you really, I mean really encounter Jesus, if you've become a new creation, it is no longer you living your truth. But it's saying, God, I want your truth in my life. I need God's truth over my truth. And I'm telling you, moms and dads, in case you didn't know it, there is a tug of war going on for the truth in your children. They are being told that things that are true that are not. 
They need an established, firm foundation. And it is our job, it is our calling to establish that. Amen? Say it's just a phase. The third phase is the equip phase. And we're going to go to verses 18 and 19. And it says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us the wonderful message of reconciliation. God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for your life. My experience with mentoring three years ago has transformed my life. I'm gonna get a little emotional, but that's okay. Jamie described it as we started going through it as going through a nine month pregnancy. And that's a perfect description. You see, I thought I knew who I was. I thought I knew, I was, I was a worship leader. I was a musician. I was a wife. That's who I was. But yet when I had a new encounter with Christ, he established new gifts within me. And now he is equipping me for my next call. And believe it or not, y'all are getting to witness the equipping right here. I am being equipped right now. I can't remember who I was before transformation. And the first thing I wanted to do was share it with my children. I wanted them to see their purpose. I wanted them to see it. I didn't want them to be 40 something years old and realize there's more. I was 43 years old and I realized there's more. His mercies are new every day. He is calling us every day to walk in new doors, to give us a circle of influence even more. He's calling us. You see, because we all have this general purpose a general purpose is that we are called to reconcile the lost back to God. That is all of our callings. If you don't feel like you're called, you're wrong. We are all called to reconcile those back to God. But your unique purpose, your unique purpose is how you personally do that. There's something unique about you. There's something special about you. Obviously, you know, the Gibson gang, everybody knows we're singers, we're worshipers, and that's a generational gift that God has blessed us with, and I'm thankful for it. But when I see each one of my kids, I don't see what they can do. I see their heart behind what they do. You see, Caitlin, she has the spiritual gift of help. She will go to the ends of the earth and walk through fire for the people that she loves. And I'm one of those, thankfully. <laughs> Kyla, she has the unique gift of spiritual confidence. Her roots are established in Christ and she is like a tree 
planted firm. And for that foundation, she's going to reach so many in her calling. Micah, he has the gift, the unique gift of compassion. He has a sincerity for others that blows my mind. And even as he matures, I see that compassion growing and flourishing. And I see his purpose right in front of him. Amaya, you have the unique gift of a pure heart. She has the ability to see the heart of the matter. She never sees a side. She feels and discerns the hearts of those around her. I say all of that to say this. From the outside, you may see the Gibson gang, worship family, singers. But God has given us unique gifts for the same purpose. Everything God has given you is a gift and we use it for the purpose of reconciliation. The most difficult phase in life is not, not when people don't know who you are. The most difficult phase is when you don't know who you are. It doesn't matter what people know about you. The most difficult phase is not knowing who you are in Christ. Moms, dads, grandparents, let me tell you right now, there are voices around your kids telling them what they should be. They're telling them what they will never be. It's all around them. You are the advocates of truth. You help them call out their gifts. Call out their gifts. Encourage them. Speak life to the gifts God has given them. Help them to realize their gift is enough to change the world. Your gift is enough to change the world. And it's up to us to call it out. Because sometimes they don't see it. We've got to let them see it. And they're going to fall. They're going to fall. They're going to mess up. But that's when you remind them of the gift within them. God's called you. You are called. Speak life to those gifts. First Timothy chapter four, verses 14 through 16. Paul is talking to his mentor. Well, he's mentoring Timothy. And he says, do not neglect your gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Your gift is enough. Your gift is enough. Don't neglect that thing that God has put in your hand. Give value to your gift because God is your creator. Quit discounting that which God has called priceless. Your gift is enough. Every year since mentoring, I've asked God, God, how? Show me, give me a word for my family to push them more towards their purpose, to push them more towards their future. Not job, not, not education, which all those things are important. But I'm telling you, when you find your God-given purpose, everything else falls into place. And so I, this is just my way. Every year, God would give me a word and I made him wear a t-shirt with it. <laughs> the first year was as your will 
your way and your purpose. It was total surrender to whatever God wanted in their lives. The next year was prepare for next. Whatever you put your plans to, they will prosper. Prepare for next. And this year's was living the 4P life. When you set your priorities, they will give you passion and pursuit that will lead you to your purpose. Living a 4P life. And they may think it's cheesy, it's okay. Me, it's, it's my favorite gift I give them every Christmas because I am doing my job. I am doing my job. I am equipping them for their future. Amen. Say it's just a phase. It's just a phase. The last phase, and Cheryl, if you want to come on up, you want to come up. The last phase is the empower phase. Empower. Looking at verse 20 and 21, it says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ. We speak for Christ. When we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin, that we could be made right with God through Christ. We are ambassadors, say it, we are ambassadors. You see, an ambassador is a person who acts or represents or promotes a specified activity. I like that, I'm a promoter. I like that word, I'm a promoter. I'm a promoter of the gifts that God has given my children. I am a promoter of what God is doing in our life. I'm a promoter of what God is doing in this church. I am an ambassador. I represent. There's something that you want to just put your shoulders back and say, I represent. Mom, you are an ambassador to your children. You see, all this stuff all this stuff that represents the changes in your child's life from a bottle to reading to driving off in their own vehicle or their second vehicle or sometimes their third vehicle to graduating and starting their own family. Go back to that statement. You see, change, change is something you do, but transformation is something you become. And there have been moments in my life that I have failed. I didn't respond the way I should, or I hovered a little bit too much over my kids and I swooped in and saved them from falling when really they needed to fall so they could learn to get back up. I haven't done right all the time, but God doesn't hold our deficiencies over our head. Moms, listen to me. God doesn't hold our deficiencies over our head. He has called us to speak for Him. If you have a child that is lost, and as much as it may get on their nerves 
you speak life to them. You remind them of their unique gift that only they have. You give value to their life, but let them know that God is calling them home. That is what we do. Church, where are you stuck? Change is inevitable, change is coming. But where are you stuck? Are you still at the starting point trying to accept God's love for Him to even do the work that He wants to do in you? Do you need a new encounter with Christ? It's been too long. It's been too long since I could say, I know Him. Are there some cracks in your foundation that need to be reestablished? Things you thought you believed, but it's rocked you off. It's kind of rocked you off your foundation. Some reestablishment needs to take place today. Do you feel incompetent with the gift God has given you? Do you need some equipping? God's here. See, change is inevitable. But transformation is a process. Say it's just a phase. We are ambassadors to God's love. And the change I'm talking about, we were talking about in our leadership meeting this week, and it was profound. When you said the scripture, I said, don't you get on my message. I was ready to beat him up. <laughs> Not really, but we started talking about change and how that change is going to come and how we can't look at how we used to do things. We've got to look in a new, fresh way. And I'll be honest with you, two people just pierced my heart and they're going to be embarrassed, but that's okay. Kathy Gray and Pam Ballinger, they started talking about getting outside these walls to be ambassadors of love because that's what they are. They are the truest form of ambassadors to God's love. They give sacrificially. They see things that no one else can see because they are ambassadors of God's love. If those two people can make such a difference in our community, what would happen if all of us became ambassadors to God's love, went outside these walls and said, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. Let me be an ambassador to God's love. And I'm telling you, you have to look at this world through God's eyes. You can't look at the world through my eyes because it looks awful. When I look through it through my eyes, there's no hope. There's no answer. But when I encounter God, He lets me see things that I can't see for myself. He lets me see things through His eyes. And He gives me the love that I need to love the unlovable. When you are spit in the face, you love them anyway. That's God's love. That's God's love. Where are you stuck? Where are you stuck? Because if we were all the ambassadors of God's love, these walls would be torn down. We could not contain 
what God wants to do in this community, in this world. We have to be ambassadors of God's love. Where are you stuck? Where are you stuck? Do you need a fresh encounter? I empower you this morning under the direction of the Holy Ghost. I empower you this morning. Your gift is enough. Mom, your gift to raise your kids, it's enough. But church, your gift is enough. We're waiting. We're waiting on your gift. We're waiting on your gift. It's unique. No one has your gift. It's unique. And it's time that we stand up and say, come home. Come back to God. It's time. It's time. It's time for transformation. It's time for transformation. It's time for personal transformation and it's time for this church to be transformed. I go back in my notes in my phone and I read my notes. Y'all think I'm just up there texting and on Facebook during pastor sermons, but I'm really taking notes. But in March of 2017, pastor preached a message on transforming this community. And I think it's time we need to get it. It's time to get it. It's time to transform this community. Can we all stand? As I said earlier, I said, whatever you are full of is what controls you. Whatever you're full of is what controls you. I'm ready to be full of God's love. I'm ready. Are you ready? I feel an excitement and anticipation that God is fixing to bring us to this place that Pastor Victor preached about in 2017. He's about to bring us to that place. I'm ready. We got to do this. We got to take my heart and form it. Take my pray a dangerous prayer over you right now. I pray for a supernatural encounter with the Father. God, let us see beyond the hard exterior of this world. Break my heart. Break our hearts 
for those who need you. Let my judgment be replaced with compassion and understanding. God, let me see through your eyes. Let me love through your heart. Break me. So take my heart. Will you sing that? doubted it before, I just want you to know you got this. God is walking beside you every step of the way. Dads, you got it too. Because you're a team. Grandmamas raising their grandbabies, you got it. You got it. Because God is with you. Let's transform this world together. Are y'all ready? Happy Mother's Day. God bless you. I love you. I love you, love you. God bless you. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself so why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.